Hello, everyone. You may have heard that Breaking Through Glass Ceilings has recently partnered with Symphony of Balloons. Symphony of Balloons offers luxury balloons for your event as well as a 360 booth. So if you're looking to save money, simply mention that you heard about this service on Breaking Through Glass Ceilings and you can save 10% on your order. After the game, he, he wore purple this week, but he wore a uh, purple suit after one of the games last week. And, you know, all the mainstream media was first thing they think about is Prince because that's yep. all they know when it comes to purple, right? Exactly. But none of them noticed he had a vest on. He had a, like a, a suit vest on. And none of them noticed the, um, you know, the Omega symbol mm-hmm. on the back of his vest. So it took one reporter, because it's, it's only a handful of us here, it took one back reporter here um was his name uh ej smith who works for the philadelphia inquire and he mentioned Jalen hurts has on his omega you know his omega phi psi um vest and i piggybacked on that and i tweeted above ej and i said representation matters mm-hmm. because everybody else in that room would have missed it Absolutely. and that's the difference twitter is a beautiful place And I'm excited that on today's episode, I get to have someone who we've been following each other's work for the past couple of years. And that is the one and only Mr. OJ Spivey. OJ is a writer for the Philadelphia Tribune, and he will be covering the Philadelphia Eagles this weekend in the Super Bowl. As a native of Philly, this is a dream. So we talk about that. He also shares how he broke into the business in a non-traditional way. So I'm very excited for y'all to hear this episode. Ladies and gentlemen, here's my conversation with OJ Spivey. All right, ladies and gentlemen, on the line today, I got a guy who, one, I have to say, is a gentleman for even letting me get this podcast recorded as he's prepping for the big game, the Super Bowl, and that is the one and only... Mr. OJ Spivey. OJ, how you doing today? I'm good, Brian. Thanks so much for having me. Thank you, man. Before we get into, you know, your career and all the cool things you got going on, uh, how are you feeling? Uh, I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'm actually pretty excited, of course. Uh, There's nothing like uh, your hometown team uh, Mm -hmm. being a representative in the Super Bowl. So, I mean, everything's good and, you know, keeps me busy as well so but uh yeah it's it's an exciting time here in philadelphia and me being a native i can't feel any better well yeah i probably super bowl win and everything as i try to keep it objective but yeah <laughs> super bowl win of course would, would would even be much better so no well yeah absolutely absolutely um so let's get right into it when did you decide that you wanted to get involved in media well with my journey, I'm kind of a late bloomer. Um, you know, I've always growing up and everything here in Philadelphia. I've always had an interest in sports, uh, culture. Uh, you combine that with a curious mind. Um, but, you know, I really didn't pursue, um, you know, this journey, this career uh, until I got into my 30s. Um, we kind of really started in my late 20s and everything, you know. Um, as any guy does, uh, you work, work in corporate America, everything, you get a little stagnant and you say, okay, well, 
you know, is this all that life has to offer? So uh, what I did was, and, you know, without me being a college grad, I said, okay, what type of path could I take to kind of break into this industry and step into this industry? And thankfully, there was a uh, broadcast school uh, here in this area uh, where I could go to, um, but it was expensive. But thankfully, uh, they had a scholarship, which I was able to win, um, $10,000 scholarship, right? So mm-hmm. I was able to go to a local broadcast trade school, learn tricks of the trade, TV, radio, uh, broadcasting, journalism, everything out of a crash course, you know, doesn't take the place of a, you know, four-year um, journalism or communications degree, but it was what I needed at the time. Um, and the toughest thing wasn't that, it was just trying to, still trying to break into the industry. And at this point, I'm about 34 years old, um, had my daughter at the time. I mean, you know, I'm still working full time uh, and all, but I'm just trying to just break through this industry. Um, I tried going to local radio stations because that, that was my, that was my thought process, just going to the radio because more than anything else, I had a, I had a love of radio, okay. um, whether it was listening to DJs, listening to uh, talk show hosts, uh, newsmen and women. I wanted to just lend my voice or use my voice uh, for radio, um, but I couldn't break in. I, I was just trying to break in and just do promotions on a weekend for, you know, a radio station, just, give out t-shirts or give out bumper stickers or something like that. But, you know, no one would give me the time of day, which was cool. Um, and then also understanding that most of those jobs are for interns and things of that nature. Mm-hmm. And then a couple of years later, this cool thing was discovered, which is called, we call it all podcasting now, right? But yeah. cool <laughs> thing was discovered called internet radio, online radio, and a buddy of mine, um, here in Philly, he was already doing a show on, I think it was called Black Talk, Black Talk Radio back then. I think just about everybody was on there who started out podcasting. And he was doing a, just kind of like a little uh, comedy show and everything. And he put me up to it. And, you know, he knew my love of sports. Um, he knew my love for statistics and numbers and records and different things like that. that. Not that I was a nerd, so to speak, but he said, you know what, why don't you get on this platform and, you know, start your sports talk show? Um, because that was one of my goals, just being a sports talk show host. Mm-hmm. And from that, you know, listening to um, guys on a big market like Philadelphia, and I would hear, you know, all these guys be wrong about so many things. And, you know, something as simple as predicting the score. I said, you know what, I can be just as wrong as these guys and get paid for. Why not me? Right. Mm-hmm. So, and of course it's a, you know, it's a white male dominated industry still is today. You know, we're kind of breaking through different things like that, but I went on and did the internet radio show, actually found a co-host, um, shout out to Diva D out of Atlanta. And, you know, we kind of meshed together as co-host and we did our thing for about three years or so. And during that process, um, a buddy of mine who I coached Little League Baseball with, uh, he was actually on the radio doing a weekend talk show at uh, one of the black stations here. And one day he called me up. He said he, he he listened to my podcast and he called me up and said, hey, you know, my co-host, um, why don't you come in and fill in for him? 
uh, one one Saturday, and I started filling in a couple weeks. And next thing you know, I was either host or co-host of a sports talk show uh, here locally on WRD Radio, which is the only black talk station in the state of Pennsylvania. So, and with that, I wasn't getting paid, mind you, but I was just so happy to be on the radio. Mm-hmm. So. I just used that to uh, my advantage, and with that, and with with using a name, I was able to get into different av- different avenues. I was able to, you know, break down some doors. Um, I started out covering uh, before I started covering the Eagles. I say this year, um, I started covering different events like their community events, um, like. For instance, like one of their biggest charity events is called their Autism Challenge. Um, Eagles uh, chairman is very big on that. Or, you know, I would I would just go out and do anything connected to sports. If it was, if it was a community event, it was something where I knew uh, players or coaches would be there. I would make my way. I would talk to the community relations PR people and say, hey, you know, you mind if I cover this? I'm with you know, WRD, and it just got me in different doors as I as I stepped along. And one thing I didn't uh, one thing I, I didn't think about really was writing uh, a long okay. time. And during my um, podcast, my my initial podcast, um, I would have different guests on, and this is you know, of course, the advent of Twitter as well. And I had different guests on and one in particular, um, this one reporter, she covered the Memphis Grizzlies um, down in Memphis for one of the local papers down there. And she has since moved on uh, to ESPN. And at that time they were starting the undefeated, which is Anscape now. And she contacted me one Saturday morning and said, Hey, um, and this is, wow, this is, 2016 2017 mm-hmm. so she contacted me and you know i'm moving up here but um she contacted me and said hey i need someone do you know anyone in philly that can cover this malcolm jenkins story and at the time malcolm jenkins was with the eagles yep. and he was doing he was on a panel discussion and this is also the advent of the black lives matter movement too so he was on a, a panel discussing black lives matter and she just needed someone to cover it and this is like very early stages of Black Lives Matter. And, you know, I'm sitting here, I'm calling up other people, other journalists that I know and say, mm-hmm. oh, hey, you know, and nobody would pick up the phone. I couldn't I couldn't get in touch with anyone. So then something hit me in the head, knocked me on the head, um, figuratively, of course, and said, you know what, why don't you take a crack at it? And maybe that was guy speaking to me. I don't know. But. Uh, why don't you take a crack at it? Uh, why don't you try to see if you can just write this story? And it wasn't a lot, you know. It was just a you know summary of the of the event, what Malcolm Jenkins was saying, what he was thinking, interviewing. And I'm going down there scared to death. And mm-hmm. you know, I'm in my mid forties at the time, so uh-huh. and I said, okay, this is a possible shift. Not thinking long term, but I said, okay, let's see if I can pull this off and. Malcolm was great. Uh, the people there were great at, at Temple University, and I was able to get the story done. 24 hours later, I was doing stories for the undefeated. And, you know, I was able to do a handful of stories for them from, um, 
from Malcolm Jenkins to Kevin Hart to my childhood idol, Dr. J, which I could have never imagined. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm sitting there um, nine months later and I'm sitting face to face with Julie Serving. And wow. that was just a, it was a surreal moment for me, knowing that I had a job to do. It was a sit-down interview, and I had to go through um, so many channels to get that interview with him. Um, in fact, I, I'll, I'll tell you a quick story about the backstory about it. You know about the big three, you know, the uh, basketball league, basketball tournament, you know, that jumps around every year through different mm-hmm. cities, you know, Ice Cube's thing. Um Dr. J is one of the coaches there. So one year they were here in Philadelphia. One of the stops is Philadelphia. So my job was to go there uh, and, you know, stick around for the press conference, game press conference and get some quotes from Dr. J and do the story from there. Right. You know, so it was sort of like a, where are you now? Where are they now type story? So I get there. And of course, Alan Iverson, he's there too, because I think he was one of the coaches at the time. And, you know, we're all there, um, all this media from around the country, knowing that it's Iverson, um, Dr. J, and so many other NBA greats, Clyde Drexler, you know, all those guys, Gary Payton, all those guys. So um, we're sitting near the press conference and we're just waiting for it after each game. And they were the last game because they were coaching against each other. So it's about 1030, 11 o'clock at night. And then someone comes in and says, OK, that's it. No more press conference. And I'm like. What in the world, man? I, you know, what am I going to do? So I had to call up my editor and just say, you know, she said, work with your people, work with his people, see what you can do. But they were very gracious. And this is like this is a kind of like a testimony, Brian, as far as just being persistent uh, in this business, not only being persistent, but, you know, showing patience and perseverance, I should say. Um, and they got back to me and they say, listen. Uh, he has an annual golf uh, tournament and gala uh, later on, and this is June of that year. And then he has a gala in September. He said, um, one of his people said, um, come back to us then. We'll set you up. We'll give you a one-on-one. We'll give mm-hmm. you an exclusive. So oh, like, wow. great. So, you know, I looked up instead of just, you know, say, oh, man, you know, I'm not cut out for this or, you know. Um, I was mad at big three for how they handled it and everything, but you know, it was cool. And then got to the gala that evening. I uh, was able to sit down with him again. I'm still nervous as hell because it's, it's Dr. J. I mean, you think about your favorite athlete of all mm-hmm. time, uh, or your childhood idol that you just grew up watching and you wanted to just maybe shake his hand or, you know, where is uh, shoes or something like that? So this is all that's going through my mind. But I got through the interview. I stayed focused. Again, that's another testimony. And, um, you know, it was one of the best interviews I ever had. And um, it was even uh, more fun because uh, I got to I got to crash this party a little bit where they kicked me out. <laughs> but I don't kind of publicize this, but it was just it was just a great thing, a great night. And that kind of I don't want to say I'm on a map per se, but that kind of put me to where I, I arrived. And then, you know, a couple of years after that, um, I kind of got away from writing a little bit, kind of lost my love for writing because writing is tough. Mm-hmm. It may come easy to some people, but for me it was tough um, okay. because I was both weighing um, my first love, which is radio, 
and then writing. And then I was just kind of weighing that shift. And then um, fast forward to uh, a couple years ago, you were kind of in the, I want to say, kind of like in the core, post-core of the pandemic. Um, you know, I was still thinking about, okay, do I want to write? Do I want to be on a radio? So, and some people do both, by the way. But um, one of the editors here at the Philadelphia Tribune, she reached out to me and she said, I love what you do. Why don't you come write for us? And even though, you know, Philadelphia Tribune is one of the oldest um, Black newspapers that's still publishing uh, in the country, I think it is the oldest. So it goes back to the 1800s. So, um, you know, that was a thrill for me because I grew up reading that paper. Um, so, and I just did a number of stories and I wasn't even a sports writer for them at that point. I was just doing just, just about every story, um, that they would give me. And, you know, that kind of brought me back to, um, wanting to say, Hey, I'm in this business. I want to stay in this business. I want to keep going. And still within that time, I'm still trying to keep my relationships with, uh, people like the Eagles or, uh, people like the um, Sixers, Flyers, even college. So I'm still just trying to keep my feet wet and everything with different events and all. And, you know, it's tough to get into the door if you don't have a certain status or there's not a name that you can um, that you can tie yourself to. And, you know, I just kept knocking on the door, knocking on the door. And what I would say is the pinnacle uh, for this past year, this past season, you know, ironically, I guess it's a good luck charm from my standpoint, Eagles are the Super Bowl, right? Mm-hmm. This was my first full year of fully covering the Eagles. And wow. The pinnacle of that is getting in the press box. So if mm-hmm. you're a writer, you're, you know, you want to be in the press box because that's where all the action is. That's where you get all the information, gives you access to the locker room. And, you know, I was still a couple of years before this, I was still just trying to um, get myself in the just training camp, you know, mm-hmm. just cover training camp, which was difficult too, because it's very strict. And it seems like the bigger the market, the tougher it is to break through. And Philadelphia yeah. is still the fourth largest market in the country. And as opposed to, let's say, how do you say, I guess Kansas City is a little bigger market, but just for instance, you might have maybe a dozen writers in Kansas City who cover the team on a regular. Philadelphia might be 50. Mm-hmm. So from all publications and, you know, this is Philadelphia is a regional, um, a regional markets where you have, you know, South Jersey, you know, New Jersey, Delaware and, uh, you know, Pennsylvania has a heavy um, Philadelphia has a heavy metro area, which goes out into the Pennsylvania suburbs. If you ever heard of Poconos, different things yep. like that, even out to Dutch country. So they all cover Philadelphia sports. So um, they have people from all over that cover the team. So just trying to step in there and then you put in the race aspect, you know, being a, being a black man, um, you know, just stepping into there because the the industry is still white male dominated no matter what. And, Um, you know, even when I still step into those uh, circles, you know, you're trying to not trying to prove myself to them, but, I'm just trying to navigate through this space, um, through all these white people and saying that, okay, I'm coming from a black paper. Um, sometimes, and, and I'm, and I'm, I'm not even going to, I'm going to keep it a hundred. Sometimes it's 
um, what do you call it? It's it's the uh, imposter syndrome, mm-hmm. and not so much being amongst them, but it's imposter syndrome that I've waited so long to yeah. get into these circles. You kind of your mind almost plays tricks to, tricks with you and saying that okay, do you belong here? But mm-hmm. you know, when I look back on how far I've come, when I look back at my journey, paying my dues, all those things that you know you feel like you belong, you're here. And you feel like you're here to stay and you just keep grinding from there. What up? It's your boy Blue Magic, owner of For Your Wear and one half of the Mixed Tag Show. Now, I know you've seen the announcement for some of your favorite podcasts and wrestlers. I've decided to expand my business to become a vendor so that people from the wrestling community have a better way to communicate with some of their favorites. So check out ForYourWear.com and see if your favorite podcast or wrestler has partnered up with me. If not, let them know that they should. Also, if you're looking for a vendor for your merchandise, reach out to me at Blue Magic Grind, spell how it's found on Twitter or Instagram, or at For Your Wear, F-O-R-U-R-W-E-A-R, on Twitter and on Instagram. Shout out to Brian H. Waters and Breaking Through Glass Ceilings. Their merchandise are already up, and they're one of the first ones that supported, so go support them. All right? Peace. Wow, man. That's that's amazing. Um, one of the things that you touched on um, mm-hmm. was uh, the, uh, the broadcasting school. Um, and the reason yes. why I say that's important because I'm going to share a story. When I was 22, no, I graduated, mm-hmm. no, I was 20 when I graduated from community college and it was, I was supposed to take a one year break, ended up being a three year break and during that time. <laughs> yeah, all of us yeah, man. And during that time I had considered going to, we have one in Baltimore as a Maryland school of broadcasting and mm-hmm. I had considered it. But I did end up going to Morgan State. But to hear your testimony about, you know, going to that school and to see where you at, I, I think is an amazing feat, you know. Um, and you mentioned, like, you know, just getting to meet Dr. J. I got to ask you, um, <laughs> when you yes. met your hero, was you? it sounds like you wasn't disappointed. Um, what was the highlight and what what was something that you left with after? Um, like what did he leave you with any personal gems after that interview and your interactions with him? That that's an excellent question because again, I'm still I wasn't disappointed at all. I was mm-hmm. pleasantly surprised because, you know, I'm this you know, Dr. J has talked to a million reporters in his life, right? Mm-hmm. So I'm just coming up and I'm trying to get a story and he don't know me from a can of paint. You know, I I grew up watching him and everything. So, <laughs> and first thing is, and what you can't do, even though it's extremely difficult, what you can do is just get caught up. You yep. can't get caught up in the mystique, but there's a mystique to Dr. J. There's a mm-hmm. mystique to Joyce Irvin, and we all can imagine it. And it's still yep. there. It was it was there when he was a player for the Sixers? There when he was playing for the Nets, and it's just still there. And dude is just still the coolest coolest cat on the planet still is mm-hmm. i guess he's about age 70 now or in his early 70s still the coolest cat on the planet and one of the things was he was just consistent in what he does and he's just smooth and he really didn't give me any gems but he just really just uh gave me everything that i needed every question okay. that i asked he answered it he answered it it was no pushback even though his people was all around, yeah. just trying to like peek in and make sure that I wasn't doing anything off the cuff, <laughs> um, he he was excellent. Uh, you know, and you know, I was able to 
get a photo with them, which is, you know, kind of broke the rules there. But, you know, there's Dr. J, right? But uh yeah. um yeah, but it, it was it was a surreal moment and and, and I often I often uh, I won't say warn is the right word, but I also often caution uh, other journalists or young journalists coming up that you have to kind of keep the subject uh, in perspective because mm-hmm. sometimes it will disappoint you. Yeah. Um, for me, for the most part, athletes have been pretty good. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's when I've kind of rub shoulders with celebrities and like interviewing them. It's just a little more difficult because they, they're just, most of them just aren't that interesting. (laughs) Mm -hmm. When you, when they're, when they're not, when they're not behind the camera, you know, when they're not in front of the camera or they're not in the news or something like that, or, you know, they're not on stage. Most of them aren't, aren't that, aren't that interesting. Athletes are, and you're, you're also, um, you know, it's also harder to be more creative with them. And, and I'll, I'll give you another example, Brian, um, at that party, it was, you know, it was athletes galore there. Um, mm-hmm. celebrities too. Cause I, I remember, uh, Eddie, he and Eddie Levert, uh, the OJs, they're like really tight because, yeah, you know, I guess they were on the same age and they're, they're very tight. Jeffrey Osborne was there. Um, Marcus Allen, Alonzo Mourning, uh, you know, you name Hall of Fame athletes, quite a few of them were there. And also Reggie Jackson, right? Yeah. Um, you know, Hall of Fame baseball player Reggie Jackson. Um, he was there. So already had a idea. It was a rep he had a reputation of being difficult or blowing people off, right? Okay. You come up to him, but here's 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 what I had in my back pocket. Reggie Jackson's from this area. He went to a, a local high school here outside of Philadelphia. Mm-hmm. So I was I was kind of slick with it. And I went up to him. I said, oh, man, that's Reggie Jackson. I said, what am I going to ask him? And thankfully, sometimes I get a, you know, I get a brain lock. But I, I thought about it and I said, what am I going to ask him? Because he, you know, again, you talk to a Hall of Fame player, they've had 50 million questions about the same old thing. You know, asked about the Yankees, the A's, maybe even the year he spent the Baltimore, whatever. Right. Um, I wanted to, I asked, I'm gonna ask him about his old high school. And I said, Reggie, I said, um, did you go to the old high school building or the new one? Mm-hmm. And he looked at me. He was like, <laughs> he was like a bewildered looks. Like, how did he know to ask that? That was his reaction to me. Exactly. And he kind of gave a little smile with a little smirky cell. Yeah, I went to the the new the new building. Mm-hmm. And he would, he seems, he didn't, you know, he didn't vocalize it, but he, his, his whole demeanor was so intrigued that I asked him that question from his old neighborhood, his yeah. old high school and everything. And again, that's probably a question that he rarely gets. And, you know, I was quote unquote off the clock then. So I got a photo with him too. Cause, nice. you know, me being a Gen X guy, um, you know, growing <laughs> up watching Reggie Gen- I'm old enough to remember his candy bar. So, you know, yeah. <laughs> but, um, you know, that's just a, that's just little tidbits, little tricks of the trade that I, I like to share. Um, but, you know, going back to the original point with Dr. J and everything, um, you know, you, you kind of got to fill these people out. 
Mm-hmm. You got to feel athletes out, feel celebrities out and everything. Because some of them are going to be difficult. But, you know, you have to use your training. You have to use your experience to kind of get around that and just get get what you need for the story. Because at the end of the day, you're working. Yeah, man. You know, just like, you know, listening to this, I know a lot of people listening going to be able to take away a lot um, from Thank everything you, you said, Thank man. You. Uh, I got to ask you this. Uh, recently, you just mm-hmm. won an industry award to, and and now, like, you know, I was obviously happy when I saw it, uh, you know, come through the timeline. Thank you. Appreciate on Twitter. It, yeah. So congratulations. But Thanks. now hearing more in depth of your journey, going the non-traditional route, going through the mm-hmm. internet radio route, you know, it's very, very similar to what I've done. Um, what did that mean, that moment when you found out you won? Um, it was hard to put it in perspective. Um, mm-hmm. it was hard that it, that it was hard to like kind of let it sink in. Um, it has sunk in now, but naturally it just start back to all my hard work, all the grinding, and you know, also a, a, another full disclosure moment. I, I thought of quitting a number of times, mm-hmm. a number of times. Like you know, I'm not cut out for this. Um, you know. And a big part of it is is money. A big part of it is, you know, trying to find your way and get and, you know, make it a career or make it maybe a, a semi career. Mm-hmm. And, you know, when you're when things aren't going the way that you think they are, especially when you feel like you've um paid your dues or you feel like you, you know, you've worked really hard, you sacrifice, you sacrifice time, even sometimes some of your own money. Um you know, it, it, it all came to um it, it all came to fruition for me that what I'm doing is worth it. And for for the most part though, it's it's not even the award. It's just everyday people just coming to me when I write a story. It's just people coming to me and say, Hey, I read your story, I love your work, I love how you wrote that story. Um and even, you know, I do sports sports for the most part, but I just wrote a story about a, a local filmmaker who's, um, she's uh, doing a documentary on the gun violence here in Philadelphia, which I know just about every city can resonate with, can, you know, relate to. And um, one of the producers of that uh, documentary, he inboxed me, he said, hey, man, he said, I love how you did that story because, you know, there's been a handful of stories done on the same uh, documentary. But he but the one thing he told me that stood out and it was he said it wasn't your regular run of the mill industry story. Mm-hmm. Because most times when you're reviewing a film, mm-hmm. you know, it's it's just maybe it, it's very it becomes very vanilla, very generic. And it's just on to the next one. It has no. It has no core. It has no. Um, it has no heart or passion to it. It has no body to the story. And when I told um, Kyra Knox is her name, and when I told her that you know, when I asked her, I wanted to interview her for the story, which she was very gracious. Um, I said, I know you have this documentary, but I want our readers to learn about you, the person, your journey where you came from, 
And she was she's actually a filmmaker who came from the non-traditional route. Even though she went to a performing arts school, even she grew up in a um she went to a um went through a theater program as a child, she had got away from it. And you know, she's not a um she wasn't a person who went the traditional route as far as um you know, the people who go to the UCLA's and the USC's of the world, mm-hmm. you know, for filmmaking. So I wanted to capture that story. And, you know, the award is just, it's just a, um, it is just a testimony of those stories that I do. It's a testimony of the people that come to me or maybe inbox me or um, contact me and say, Hey, I love how you did that story, man. I love, well, I love how you covering the evils. Yeah. Um, because again, and a white male dominated uh, sports industry. Um, and, you know, we we all play around on Twitter every now and then and everything. And I know what Absolutely. you're the wrestling guy, <laughs> big sports guy and everything. You know, we all it, it's, it's about the culture. Um, mm-hmm. And when you go into the locker room or you go on the field and you interview these guys, um, of course, you have to do your homework and do your research and everything, but it's it's different. I'm 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 be real with you. It's different, and you and you know this. For the most yeah, I've been there. <laughs> it's different, you know. Then suburban white guy interviewing Jalen Hurts is going to be different than me or you interviewing Jalen Hurts. Mm-hmm. Uh, my favorite play, actually, my favorite player to interview on the Eagles is Devontae Smith. You know, Heisman Trophy went out of Alabama. Yep, and you he know, didn't do so me cut. well on fantasy, though. Not in the beginning <laughs> of the year. <laughs> well, you know, it's the adjustment. With I know, right? Thing, but he kind of, you know, he kind of came on. Um, and he actually... Was by the time I was the, out of it. <laughs> yeah, he actually set the franchise record for uh, receptions, by the way. But yeah. Anyway, so, mm-hmm. um, but I know that don't help that much with fantasy. But, <laughs> That's um, why I don't bet, though. That's exactly the reason why I don't do uh, pay there league. You go, there you go. <laughs> But, um, you know, he, he turned out to be one of my favorites because he's always been gracious. Um, you know, again, you got plenty of cameras in, in your face and microphones and everything, but he's been gracious, keeps it a hundred, all those things. So, you know, you, you just kind of know. Um, and he, here's even a, um, another story. And this was last year, um, Jalen's first year as a starter. And after the game, he, he wore purple this week, but he wore, a uh, purple suit after one of the games last week. And, you know, all the mainstream media was first thing they think about is Prince because that's yep. all they know when it comes to purple, right? Exactly. But none of them noticed he had a vest on. He had a, like a, a suit vest on. And none of them noticed the, um, you know, the Omega symbol mm-hmm. on the back of his vest. So it took one reporter because it's, it's only a handful of us here. It took one back reporter here um was his name uh ej smith who works for the philadelphia inquire and he mentioned Jalen hurts has on his omega you know his omega five side um vest and i piggybacked on that and i tweeted above ej and i said representation matters mm-hmm. because everybody else in that room would have missed it Absolutely. and that's the difference that's the difference. You know, you, you have to recognize Divine Nine, right? Even if you're not, mm. you know, uh, you know, uh, affiliated. a friend brother or yeah. you're not affiliated, you know. Right. So that that's that's the difference. Um, 
And even so, you know, even when he wore purple uh, at the NFC Championship game and everything, I, I said, hey, the Q-Dog has arrived. So that's little thing, little nuggets. And that's the cool thing about social media, too, because us, the culture, we can get together, you know. Um, mm-hmm. Even if we beef and everything, hopefully all the time, it's, it's all in fun. And, you know, it's all in, you know, black joy, black fun, black comedy, whatever, right? Yeah. So that's that's the kind of difference that I that I want to make. And I want to get it from, you know, our perspective, from, from where we're from. Um, if I'm doing a local story, like Hassan Reddick, he's from Camden, New Jersey, which is just over the bridge here in, in Philadelphia. I want to mm-hmm. capture that. You know, I want to represent the people from uh, from Camden. I want to represent the people from West Philly, where I'm from. You know, I want I want to accentuate that. Um, and I did a, as you know, I did a story on Shirley Ralph, mm-hmm. spare the moment thing. I wasn't even supposed to be there, but um, her winning the Emmy Award, and I wanted to, I wanted to capture all of that. You know. Yeah. Her being her husband being uh, here from Philadelphia, who is a uh, local politician, Abbott Elementary, which takes place in Philadelphia. Um, her being a, a Delta, you know, all those things. That's all about the culture. Where you know, if it was done by a mainstream uh, publication, you don't get those nuggets. You don't. You don't get the culture part of it. Mm-hmm. You know, as Denzel said. I, I forget where that clip is from. He said, somebody asked him a question. He just answered, culture. <laughs> that was one of these culture. Yeah. That's it. So that's kind of how I go about um, my work. That's how I, I, kind of how I go about my journey because we've been deprived so long as covering our athletes, covering our celebrities, even no. covering our our everyday, um, our everyday heroes or our everyday um people in the community that is that, that are doing great stuff mm-hmm. and trying to make our trying to make our environment try to make our neighborhoods better trying to make our our cities better and you know you you have to capture that now when you look back at everything to be able mm-hmm. to do this in philly you brought up the fat top four or top five market number four um also going the non-traditional route. What kind of advice would you give to somebody if, you know, they was taking a similar path? Because you could make, you could say, all right, you mentioned Kansas City earlier, we'll use them, even though it's not a lower level market. It's still, you know, trying to break in, get into the, like, mainstream sports with, you know, mm-hmm. the Chiefs or the Royals. But it's still a big deal, right? It's still a, you know, still a market that might be a little easier to get into if you're going the non-traditional traditional way. And I know you mentioned right. there were times you wanted to give up, but what kind of advice would you give to somebody who would be following a similar path as you? Well, first thing is, um, I don't deter anybody from um, going to college mm-hmm. and getting a degree in communications or journalism. I don't deter that at all. Um, I'm all for it. Um, you know, if you're you're at that age and you're you know, that's that's what you that's what you aspire to be. That's my first advice. My second advice before I even get to the non-traditional route. Um, my second advice is once you get out of college or once you get that degree or once you decide you want to step into this industry, if you're still young, you don't have any obligations. 
um, your without children, even though that can it can be done as well that way. I'll say, you know, go to another market if you can. Explore. Explore other markets, explore other other um other parts of the country and just try to do your thing, get your feet wet. If yeah. you have to go to, you know, small town on the eastern shore and in, in Maryland, <laughs> go do that. You know, um, if you have to go in the deep south and, you know, Mississippi or somewhere uh, like mm-hmm. that to kind of get your feet wet, do so because you can always come back home to where you are. And I've seen um, tons of journalists where they've gone all around and they find their way back home because yeah. um, you can always come home, whether you stay in the industry or you, or you don't. Well, mm-hmm. And as far as a non-traditional route, a um, couple things. Um, be serious. Be serious what, about what you do because uh, in the beginning, people are not going to take you serious because if they don't see, if, if your credentials aren't visible, and when mm-hmm. I say your, your credentials aren't there, but when I say not visible, they may see that you don't have a degree yet or a degree at all, different things of that nature. Be serious. Um, be on your grind. And the number one thing is be consistent. Um, when you start to interact with uh, some of these teams, uh, PR people, um, even if you're just starting out covering high school. Um, and I forgot to say that um, before I even got into internet radio and all those things, I was covering a, I was a reporter for a um, semi-pro football team here in Philadelphia. And uh, it was, it was actually, it was actually, um, I won't say run, but it was actually uh, funded through uh, Pay LaBelle, you know, the legendary uh, Mm R&B singer. But I was a sideline reporter and a PA announcer for semi-pro team. I got my feet wet with that. I didn't like it for necessarily, but you know they were probably the only people that were open up. Say, hey, we need somebody. Let's do it. I didn't know what I was doing yeah. <laughs> uh, necessarily, but you know, but I just say be consistent with whatever you do, whether it's a podcast, whether you're writing a blog. Be consistent. Be accurate uh, as well, um, and be be truthful. Um, don't just do it to just make a name of yourself. Do it because you love the craft, you love the profession, you want to get into the profession because um, the industry can spot a phony from a mile away. Mm-hmm. What What does it and, mean? Oh, go ahead. I'm sorry. Yeah, and don't. Yeah, and you know, let's say stay consistent, be truthful, and you know just keep it a hundred because you know all you have is your name and your reputation, especially when you're building your name. You don't want any of that tarnish because that can be, you know. And again, if you get to social media with at, at, with the age of social media, yep. and people call you out, you, you're done. So, no, those are, those are true facts. Um, what does it mean for you personally to be covering the Eagles Super Bowl run? Now, you know, and granted, you they always say you can't be biased, right? You gotta, (laughs) and then granted, it's different when you're a hometown reporter. No cheering in the no cheering in the press box. See, and and you know what? Which is true, by the way. Well, here's the thing. So we was talking about this on um, I do the show TWG Fan Club. Shout out to Queen PR, Justin, and Cindor. And um, me and Queen PR was at the Royal Rumble, 
and we was in a press box. And it's totally different in wrestling <laughs> than it is in sports because all everybody's a wrestling oh, fan. I, I had to do that one day. <laughs> yeah. And, and so we're, we're, you know, so I didn't stay in the press box to watch the Royal Rumble. I was, actually was in the crowd, except during the main event. But you saw people go, oh, oh, you know. So it's different in pro wrestling than it is in sports. But right. how do you contain NFC Championship game? Come on now. I, like, I know I it, was, it, there's got to be a breaking point. And, and I'm glad you are here. I, I was, uh, <laughs> I was, I was cautiously optimistic. I, I thought they would win. I said, okay, they got to win. Um, but I was cautiously optimistic. Mm-hmm. And it's so funny because, as much as you try to try to contain yourself, mm-hmm. you're going to have some body English, you know. Yeah, you're going to have some of that. Uh, we can get away with a couple oohs and eyes. Yeah, or something like uh, what was that? The catch uh, Devontae Smith had early in the game, which really wasn't a catch, but you know, Shanahan couldn't uh, didn't uh, challenge it. It's like, oh man, did he catch that? And he's like, oh, you know, did he catch? You know. Little things like that you kind of get away with. But I'm like, once they won, I'm taking it all in. Yeah. I'm taking it all in. And, you know, I'm, I'm thinking back to 2017 when they won their first Super Bowl. And I'm like, you know, not anything can, can top that. But just being there, being present mm-hmm. uh, in it, it's, 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 it's kind of cool. And actually, unless you're really far removed and say you came here you came here as a uh, reporter or sports journalist and you're from Colorado no yeah I don't even want to say Colorado say somewhere remotely doesn't have a team where there's no way you can be affiliated yeah South Dakota you're coming (laughs) here to you know and you made your way here to Philadelphia to become a journalist because it was a good job right and -hmm. it was a promotion Um, unless you're that if you spend any time in a market um, covering a team, you're going to have some type of um, some type of bias mm-hmm. because the time that you spend with players, time that you spend with coaches, some of them you can't help but like, and, and I would say just root for. Yeah. Um, and like with the natives, it's actually quite a few of us who are natives who cover the team. Um, but you know, they're all and talk show hosts and everything. They're the biggest fans. Yeah. You know, you talk about any city there, you know, they're just glorified fans who just have a microphone. Don't mm-hmm. don't let them tell you otherwise. It's, oh, yeah, we got to be ejected more here and everything. And they, yeah, and they give it away part. all the time. Yeah, they give I'm, away I'm, all the time. I'm, I'm watching and I'm thinking like all my friends in the press box. And I'm like, like, all right, for instance, right? Mm-hmm. I know if I would have been, the Orioles are my favorite team out of all sports. If I would have been in the press box doing the Delmon double, there's no way I'm containing myself. Delmon Young hits, they they, they trailing all yeah, I remember, most of yep. the game. Yeah, I, I still have that moment on my phone. I was working at <laughs> so I was working at ESPN at the time as a production assistant, and I had I was off. I was working on a Mike and Mike show, so I was I went home for work, and nice. um I had a bet with a buddy of mine. And he wasn't a, a Detroit fan, but he said, all right, y'all not winning the series. I said, yeah, we are. He said, all right, donuts, whoever. And I said, and then to sweep them, that Sunday, that Monday morning, he came in with donuts. But, mm-hmm. you know, there you could show bias at ESPN because you're in a screening area. 
So like if you're working right. on producing yeah, stuff, you, you get can away show... with it, right? Yeah, yeah. but I'm like, <laughs> like, come on now. I'm like, uh, yeah. for instance, Bryce Harper hits a game winning home run. Yeah, there's got to be some cheer now. Here's 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 the key: you uh-huh. can't let it show in your work, right? Okay, especially when you're a writer. Mm-hmm. You know, you you want to you want to have your affiliation. You're a cheer. Listen, when I'm when I'm not on, you know, and I used to be. I used to show my you know, Eagles, Philly, Sixers stuff all the time before I became a, uh, you know, regular journalist. Um, and I still work full time, by the way. So that's another thing. So don't be afraid to kind of balance the two. You know, if your full time mm-hmm. job pays the bills and everything, keep it, man. Keep that roof over your head. That's that's another thing. But yeah. anyway, um, you know, you, you, you can't help it. And when I'm like when I'm, you know, off social media or. You know, I'm not working everything. I go in the supermarket. I got my Randall Cunningham jersey on, man. I got mm-hmm. my Brian Dawkins jersey on. Um, I got Every my Eagle fan I know say Dawkins is their his favorite. And yeah, yeah. He's I... like, Dawkins could get arrested here and we'd all bail him out. Yeah. I, and I met him when <laughs> I was, so he was working on NFL Live. And I okay, remember, yeah, I remember uh, and yeah, and like before, before I started working on that show briefly, I saw like Eagles fans in different areas of the um of the campus and they would have like their Dawkins jersey or poster at their desk and oh, people yeah. say, Well, has he ever came over here? It's like, nah, but that would be a moment. And I remember when I met him, <laughs> the first thing he was like, uh, I said, How you doing? I'm Brian. He said, How you spell it? I said, he's an hour why. I said, What well, I he said, That's the only way to spell it. And it was just like <laughs> that's you know, not like him. I've never yeah. got a chance to interview him, but mm-hmm. I've been close enough and no and you know known him enough as a player and yeah. everything like that. So yeah, that sounds just just like him. He's but yeah, you, you can't help it, man. It's where you're from. And it, mm-hmm. yes, they, that and it's where you're from, man. You know, yeah. just just like you, um, being a Baltimore fan and mm-hmm. everything. And I love Baltimore by the way. It's like it's it's almost like a um section of Philly. And I know it's a small much smaller city. But mm-hmm. it's like it's like one of our neighborhoods or sections and everything, like a branch <laughs> off. Um, we the forgotten and, city in between Philly and DC. Right. Yeah. I love, in fact, uh, my fiance and they sometimes we'll, we'll drive down there just to you know hang out mm-hmm. at the harbor or eat or something like that. So, and you know, another full disclosure: if I wasn't a Philly fan, I'd probably be a Baltimore sports fan. So nice. Um, nice. But yeah, it's just yeah. The, Y'all like brothers to me. There we go. <laughs> Y'all like brothers go. and sisters to me. But yeah, but as far as the fandom and everything, you, you know, mm-hmm. it, you can ba- you can balance it and everything. But again, as long as it doesn't show on your work, as long as it show doesn't show on my you know my writing and everything, mm-hmm. you know, I I pull hard for Jalen Hurts, man. Yeah. I, I pull that, hard for him. That's how I'm for Lamar Jackson, and I'm put. I've yeah. said this before. If the Ravens let him slip away, I'm gone. Yeah. Because yeah, it's, and it's culture, like yeah, we talked as, about culture. As yeah, as you as you should, and mm-hmm. you know we most people have come around to Jalen Hurst and everything, but you know his first year, you know, and mind you, he was nine and eight last year and took it to the playoffs, which nobody thought would yep. happen, um, and everybody just thought he was going to be a bridge. Mm-hmm. Um, but because the vitriol, the bias, and uh, the reporting. And a writing and everything that just that all that motivates me to be in this business because I want to try to balance it out. I want to try mm-hmm. to give it a different perspective, a fair perspective, yeah. um, because it makes no sense that um, 
you know, and I'll just take the NBA and the NFL that you're looking at 70%, 80% of the, of the workforce is African-American. Um, but you don't even have in most places double digit percentage of black people who cover them. And that's men and women, by the way, equally. Mm-hmm. Um, and even like, there's no black women who cover the Eagles um, right now who really cover Philly sports here. Um, at the moment, um, well, I'll let her announce because I think, uh, you know, one of our one of our friends, one of our buddies um, just got into the fray um, here in Philadelphia. Mm. But yep, I know exactly um, what you're talking about. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. So That's exciting. And, and yay for that, because it, it's, it's, it's long freaking overdue, man. Long Facts. freaking overdue. But, you know, I just want to be a part of that who um, changes the culture, switches the uh, shifts, the culture. And, you know, what we what are we, 13, 14 percent of the U.S. population? Mm-hmm. You know, we're not even that in these media circles in most part. We're not even that. It's still in double digits most places. And yeah. again, you got 80 percent, 70 percent in these leagues uh, that look like us. You know, you throw the WNBA in there as well. So and it's still very few of us, you know, reporting and saying stories because, some of us are, you know, some of the best football players are from the big city. You know, there's football players that come from Baltimore to DMV, football players that come from Philadelphia, even down in the deep south where, you know, Devontae Smith and A.J. Brown is, mm-hmm. uh, Texas, where Jalen Hurts and Patrick Mahomes is and everything. You still don't have enough people who have been around them, who have covered them and who are covering them on, on the mainstream and mass media. That has to change. And I'm, you know, I've never really looked at myself this way, but I guess in a, in a, in a, in a way I am sort of like an agent of change or want to be an agent of change. There you go, man. Well, before we get out of here, I got to ask you this question, man. Um, when you look back at your career and mm-hmm. everything that you've done, when was the moment that you broke through the glass ceiling? <sighs> I, I'll say just, um, this year, again, I, I always try to say, I always try to level and just say my journey is still ongoing. Mm-hmm. But I would say this year, um, just getting into, finally getting into the press box yeah. uh, at, at the Eagles games, um, at Lincoln Financial Field, just stepping in there. Um, and I actually worked for the team for their game day staff. So that was another thing that inspired me, um, just as far as, you know, seeing everything behind the scenes mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And this is why I was still weighing you know, what I wanted to do. I still want to be in media and journalism and everything. And that kind of motivated me too. Um, but, um, yeah, just kind of stepping in there just personally, I didn't make a big deal out of, I didn't make a huge deal out of it. Um, you know, on social media and I kind of put on Twitter say, Hey, first, you know, I'm covering my first game and everything. And I do that so much for other people and, you know, kind of like with your platform here, trying to like, you know, inspire people like, Hey, if I can do it, you can do it too, you know, mm-hmm. just keep pushing and everything. I'm here, you know, uh, shy black kid from West Philly and everything, you know, <laughs> I kind of, I kind of made it to this point. So that's, that's what I want to aspire to. And, you know, I, I've gotten so much, um, I've gotten so much praise and I've gotten so much encouragement say, Hey man, you're doing your thing in there. You know, we glad to have you in there, you know, yeah. cause it's a, a lot of stuff can get jaded if 
there's not enough people who look like us uh, covering, you know, covering these athletes and so forth. Absolutely. OJ, man, I appreciate you. I know, like I said, I know you got a busy schedule. Uh, congratulations on the Super Bowl. Go. I mean, I know you're not playing, but <laughs> I was like, go win that thing. <laughs> but uh, well, you talk I, to anybody I, in the city, they, we all playing. <laughs> I'm rooting for y'all. Would love to see, you know, can't wait to hear the stories when, you know, covering it and the parade. Be safe out there, brother. Appreciate you. I certainly will. I certainly will. Thanks so much, Brian. Thank you for this platform. And uh, it was a pleasure being on with you. Thank you. Thank you. Let the people know where they can find you. Uh, yes. Yeah, so you can always find me uh, on my Twitter page. I'm on there a lot, maybe too much, but OJ Philly. Uh, and you can also find my work at phillytrib.com. Um, or you can just Google the Philadelphia Tribune and you can just get to their website. You can see all my different stories. Um, also, I have a Facebook page, um, a fan page, OJ Spivey journalist. Um, I um, post all my stories on there as well. So if you can't find on the trib, you can always go on Facebook and find them there too. There you go. There you go. Ladies and gentlemen, make sure y'all follow OJ. Definitely stay tuned to everything that he's doing uh, through the Super Bowl and beyond. Until the next time, folks, remember, do not let anybody place a ceiling above your success. So long, everybody. Thank you for listening to the podcast, ladies and gentlemen. You can support this podcast by going on foryourwear.com. Go to personalities and see Brian H. Waters. There you can get breaking through glass ceilings t-shirt or a hoodie, as well as a no ceilings above success t-shirt. Go to foryourwear.com. Make sure you also check out some of the other podcasters and professional wrestlers as well.